They've had a NCAA women's volleyball tournament going on in this convention center and home and garden show and all kinds of stuff. But for the last three days, it has been the house. When God's people get on location, it changes purpose. We define what this has become. My Lord, we are so delighted to have evangelist Wesley Jackson with us this morning. And um, this is an exciting mor morning, Saturday morning here at Summit because we have a man and his pastor will be preaching together. And I think that's awesome. If you love your pastor, say amen. amen. And I'll tell you, everybody ought to be saying amen. If you love your pastor. And so we're delighted to have Brother Jackson. It's his first time with us here at Summit. I want you to put your hands together under the Lord for this man of God. God bless you, Brother Jackson. Love you, sir. It's all yours. Come on, let's give him some praise right now. Come on, let's really give him some praise that he's worthy of. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. Why don't somebody just have a flashback and remember what all he's done for you today and then give him praise according to how good he's been. Yeah. If he hadn't been good to you, don't do anything for him. But if you can think of the goodness of Jesus and all that is done for me, we might as well have a little church, a little old-fashioned, tongue-talking, out-running, foot-stomping apostolic church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I like what I feel in this house this morning. When I come to church, I like to know I'm at church. Man, I don't come to be entertained. I don't come to watch somebody put on a show. But I like to know when I come that I connected up with something that changes me for the better. And I feel that kind of anointing in this house today. I want to say it is a distinct honor and privilege to be before you wonderful people today. And I do not feel qualified. I do not feel worthy. Very humbled by the invitation. And uh, I have uh, just over the last, I guess, year or so, I've been privileged to get the opportunity to know um, Brother Rick Mayo. And uh, it's hard not to just fall in love with a man of his caliber. And uh, I appreciate the message he preaches and the truth that he stands for and uh, appreciate his family. They've been such wonderful hosts. Have you enjoyed Summit 2012? Hallelujah. I, 
I want to say a great big thank you to all these musicians and singers and worship leaders. Haven't they done a wonderful job? God bless them. And, uh, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the great Bible preaching that we've heard in this meeting, a certain sound. I like to hear that certain sound, don't you? And uh, it has certainly been in this meeting, and um, I'm glad to be here. I certainly give honor today to my pastor, and uh, I love and appreciate him and his wife and their entire family and our church family so very, very, very much. And uh, I would not be standing where I'm at today if it were not for my pastor. And... Uh, I know, <laughs> some of you, some of you think you know me, but he really does know the real me, and there's been many times in him trying to work with me and work on me, I'm sure he hadn't been very proud to call me one of his. But I can say this, I have never been ashamed to say that Joel Holmes was my pastor and North Little Rock, Arkansas was my home. And I'm honored today to be yoked up with my man of God. And we have a lot of our home folk listening today and uh, some of the other boys. So Brother Holmes, I'd like to go on record and just remind all the rest of them, I, even though I can't play the sax, I'm still the favorite. <laughs> They'll know what that means. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to two places in Scripture. First, the prophecies of Jeremiah. And I want to read a Scripture that Brother Mayo started this conference this year with. Jeremiah chapter number 6, verse number 16. And then I want to move quickly to 2 Chronicles, the 15th chapter, and the first verse. Glad to have my wife and family here with me today. And uh, lots of friends, family. Glad to have Brother Parker here supporting me. And I uh, certainly love and appreciate him and his wife and their family. Jeremiah, the sixth chapter, the 16th verse. Now, this just wasn't a man speaking. This wasn't just a prophet writing something he thought the Lord might like. But he starts off this verse, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for what? Everybody say the old paths. And he said, this is why, because it is the good way. And then he said, you can't just stand and see and ask, but then you've got to walk in them. And he said, when you walk in them, ye shall find rest for your souls. And I know he wasn't talking about us, but there were a lot of people he finished up this verse talking about. And he said, but they said, 
we will not walk therein. Second Chronicles, the 15th chapter, and the first verse. Second Chronicles, chapter number 15, verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. And then he said this, The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. I don't know about you today, but I want God on my side. I don't want to fight this battle on my own. I want him fighting it for me. I'm just a simple preacher today. and uh, I'm going to try to quickly get out of the way. I wish I wasn't even standing in the way. <laughs> but I just, want to, I just want to preach to us for a few minutes today from this thought, and that is this, I still love this old-time way. I still love this old-time way. God, I need your help today. I need your adorning. I need your strength. I need you to move me out of the way. I need you to hide me behind the cross. God, in my flesh, there's no good thing on my own. Nothing good can come. Move me out of the way today, Jesus. Let your anointing flow. Let your power rest in this house. And everybody say in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated here this morning. You know, I really have, it's, it's more than just words. I have been very much blessed and stirred by the services that uh, I have been privileged to be in at Summit 2012. We have heard great preaching. We have felt a free flowing of God's anointing. And uh, it has been obvious that the hand of God is on this meeting and has been uh, on, on our gathering together. And I was thinking last night, and I, I couldn't go to sleep, and really much of yesterday, this being on my mind, I thought how foolish it would be for us to change now what brought all this about. As, as the anointing was flowing and as there was a true spirit of worship and as people were praising and giving praise unto the Lord and the anointing started flowing and I watched as people were receiving the Holy Ghost. I watched as people were getting their answers. I watched as God was giving not only others direction but myself direction. I thought how foolish I would be for a young man to try to fix something that is not broken. I, I, I've been thinking a lot lately. I'm, I'm, I'm a young man. I'm still very wet behind the years. I don't have any of the answers. Much less all of the answers. But I am troubled. I'm troubled by this trend that is both sweeping through our country. And sadly through much of the Pentecostal movement. And that is people that are not sitting down and calculating. And regarding the cost. And weighing their actions in the balance with what the fruit we are going to reap. I'm, I'm troubled as we see this trend sweeping through our country. That without regard 
let's just change. We, we are electing politicians because they, they promise change and, and, and they have all these new ideas and, and all these uh, new ways. And, and, and I, I was thinking uh, because of this phenomenon how we have watched things literally in our country spiral out of control. We, we've watched, my generation has watched things that used to would get you tarred and feathered for. Now you get a pat on the back for coming out of the closet. What one day we used to consider murder, now it, it's thank God for change. And it's, it's just called the rights of a woman. And, and, and I've, I've, watched, I, I've watched even uh, in, in, in some of my own family the morale and, 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 and the different things that used to make America strong, how they're seemingly just spiraling out of control. That there was once a time when, and, and I still believe we live in the greatest country in all the world. I really do. And I still thank God for the men and women that are defending our rights and fighting for our great country. I think we ought to give our military a great hand of appreciation. I, I was thinking how that, you know, I, I can think back as just a child. And, 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 and I, I look at some of my friends today. And I look at a lot of the new people that we're winning to God. And I'm, I'm, I'm so very thankful for that. But um, I'm getting to see firsthand the fruit that we're reaping because of all this change. And I, I just have to be honest with you. I, I, I think back to, to the time when there were a mom and dad in every home. And people sat around the dinner table and had great family discussions. And I've just been thinking lately, you know, that ain't such a bad idea. I like that old time way. I've, I've been thinking about how that, you know, it, it really wasn't such a bad idea that they used to put in children that you are to get married before you have children of your own. And I, I've thought, Brother Mayo, I, I, I like that. I like that old-time way. Because when, when we were walking them old paths and, 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 and when we were just accepting that we were a Christian nation and that we were depending on God, America was feared, America was respected, and America was very powerful. But I, I didn't really come today to talk about our country, but I'm, I'm noticing as a young man that usually the troubling trends in our country they have a way of bleeding over and making inroads into the church. And, and as a young man, I, I know we hear it from some of our elders, and I thank God for that. But I, I think it's time for some of us young men to step up to the plate and start declaring that we like that old-time way when it comes to the ways of God, the things of God, the plan of God. Without regard, without regard to the end result and, and, and getting caught up in the winds of charisma, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled as a young man as I'm watching so many churches trade programs for prayer meetings. I'm, 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 I'm troubled as I'm watching men of God and, and you, just, uh, you, you just have to let me be me today and thank God Bishop's coming and he can put all this back together. But but I'm seeing a troubling trend, and I thank God that it hadn't been this way at this meeting. But it troubles me when I see men of God take the pulpit 
And you can tell they have practiced, but they have not prayed. They, they, they don't have a lot of stuttering in their speech, and they have great big swelling words, and we label them as great orators, but when they get through, there's not that anointing that begins to flow through the congregation that starts de destroying the yokes of bondage. And I've just come to tell you today, I'm, I'm not interested in pretty Pentecost. I'm not interested in becoming a polished preacher. I'm not interested in becoming something that can preach with swelling words and you leave saying, oh, what an orator. But you know what I think is the highest honor is that when I'm on my face that God would give me a word and that when I got through preaching that word that God would give somebody direction and they would come in bound by drugs but they could leave saying, he set me free. He set me free. I like that old time way. It bothers me. I'm, I'm, I'm a young man, so this isn't somebody that's out of touch and just doesn't like the styles of the new age. But it bothers me as a young man that in, in so many places, and especially in some of our youth meetings, uh, it's more like going to Disney World than to old-fashioned apostolic church service. I'm not interested in beach balls and disco lights and... You know why? Because I was I remember as a little boy, we'd have contest after church seeing who could pick up the most bobby pins. Uh, but what impresses me more than that is I watched as them ladies were shouting bobby pins out of their hair. People was getting up out of wheelchairs. Uh, marriages was getting put back together. Uh, people were receiving direction. Uh, and I've come to stand defiantly and tell the Northwest, uh, I'm not interested in change. Uh, I want to stand I want to see, I want to walk in the old paths and let God give us fresh promises. I'm telling you, I feel a Holy Ghost anointing in this house today. You know why? It's because I'm just preaching the Bible. And when you preach the Bible, brothers and sisters, when you get to know the truth, the truth will not maybe set you free. There's not a possibility it'll set you free. But when you preach the truth, the truth shall make you free. I, I like it. I, I still like it. I, I'm not bothered by it. I still like to see our men run the aisles. I, I watched his brother Tony spell. I know he was kind of beating around the bush when uh, Thursday night, but but even in spite of him not really telling us what he really believes, you know what I watched it do? I watched an anointing connect all of us together. And I watched men start rolling across this floor. And I watched ladies get beyond just a little. And they started hucking and bucking and getting with it. And you know what I watched? I watched as people that were seeking the Holy Ghost uh, as they started speaking with other tongues. And I thought, now why would we want to trade 
Why would we want to trade our running uh, and foot stomping uh, and ladies shouting their hair down uh, and men dancing their shirt tails out uh, and us getting the watch happen what we want to happen? Uh, why in the world would we want to trade that for some? I'm going to try to mind my manners today. But I'm going to tell you, I appreciate. I'll tell you what I appreciate, Brother Mayo. I appreciate being able to look on this platform during worship service. And the ladies look like ladies. But more importantly, in today's age, I appreciated the men looking like young men. I just have to be honest with you. I enjoyed being able to look up here and see such a godly lady and saint of God, the first lady of Cornerstone Church, up here leading us in worship, not trying to perform before us. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you'd have to search far and wide to hear somebody play this organ any better than what we've been hearing. And he didn't even have to dress like some metrosexual to make it happen. Now I like that. I like that. I like that old time way. You know why I like it? Because when I got to listening to it, I wasn't sitting back being entertained, but it started pulling something out of me. It started causing tears to trickle down my face. There were times it started putting, just like this morning, a dance in my feet, and I started feeling that old-time anointing, and it made me say more than ever, you can keep the change. I like that old-time way. Somebody ought to thank God for it right now. You ought to thank God for a safe place. You ought to thank God for a safe house. I'm 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 gonna hurry. I'm gonna hurry. But you know what? I'm I'm, I'm kind of enjoying myself right now. <laughs> you know. And, 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 and I, I sure don't want to sound arrogant today. But I, I started when my pastor first released me to begin evangelizing full time. And God started anointing me and using me. That, that there were people that all of a sudden took interest in my life. And, 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 and different ones started wanting to put their hands on me in different ways. And I had people tell me, they'd hear me preach sometimes. And they'd say, you know, if you just wouldn't be that straight. If you could learn to just say it without saying it. You know, you could really go somewhere. <laughs> and I, I don't want to sound arrogant today, but maybe this might help some of you young men. You know what? I've got preachers mad at me today. Because I can't get all the places I'm needing to go. They said, you, you can't preach conferences and preach what you're preaching. 
not only am today am I preaching a conference, but I'm preaching exactly what I was preaching that got me preaching where I'm preaching. I had one young man, he, he was so full of wisdom. He sat me down, he's really going to help me out. He said, you know, if you'd read a couple good speaking books, you'd learn not to holler so much. Maybe just learn to leave the mic in the stand. And that's what they told me. They said, you know, you, 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 you could really be effective. And I got to thinking about that. And I thought some of the most powerful services I've ever been in. I've, I've watched men jump up on top of that pulpit, act like a wild Comanche. I, I, I've watched them start stepping over the back of chairs. And, and I'm going to tell you what happened. When they quit being so prissy and they quit worried about being pretty. And they got red in the face and they started telling it just like it is. I'm going to tell you what happened. They started a fire and people started driving from all over just to see the fire. We don't need more political correctness in the church. We just need to get back to the Bible. We there's, there's, a, there's a trend that says, no, we, we, we need to change and just make everybody feel welcome. And I, I believe we are to make the, the people in our cities when they come to our churches feel welcome. I don't, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having an usher and a greeter at the door shaking their hand. And you can progress without change. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with when they come in that, that so many people have made them feel so welcome that it, it, from that point on they've made up their mind, I like this church and I'm coming back. I believe all that. I believe they are to feel welcome. But you know why they come to us in the first place? It's because they have tried everything else in the world before they finally try us. And when they come to us, they've already been tried to make feel good about themselves down at the AA meeting. And when they come to us, they're wanting to hear something and experience something, not that will make them feel good, but that can change their lives for the better. And that's why it doesn't bother me when there's a house full of visitors, and I've watched it many, many times, and some of them even sitting on my pew. It never has bothered me. Our bishop has a set of keys that somebody made him, and it, it sits right beside his chair. And I've watched him many times right in the middle of a message get anointed, and he pick up them keys, and he starts shaking them keys, and he said, you know what? Peter had the keys to the kingdom. And except a man repent of his sins, except a man be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins and except they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost you're lost, you're undone and see you've come too late to tell me well that kind of preaching will run people out because I've watched it run too many people in 
I'm going to tell you, you can still build a church uh, even in the Northwest. Uh, step into the pulpit and declare and accept a man. Uh, be born of the water uh, and of the spirit. Uh, there's absolutely no chance uh, that he can get into heaven. Yeah, somebody ought to run with him. You know why? Because that's probably what somebody was preaching the night God set him free. That's probably what somebody was preaching the night their marriage started getting put back together. You know why? Because it works. You know what? Somebody needs to be encouraged today. We don't need change. We just need the truth. We don't need printed preaching. We just need to get back to the Bible. It works. It works. It works. Hey, I don't, I don't make any apologies. I don't make any apologies for truth. Now, sometimes I say dumb things, and I'm not too big to apologize for the dumb things I say. But I make no apologies for truth. And this Bible says that there's no other way to be saved except you're baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of all your sins. Now, now I'm, I'm just here to preach today. Just here to preach. And I'm going to tell you, from the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost until the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is not going to be one single person in heaven that did not obey Acts 2.38. And it, it, it's starting to rear its head again. It, they're calling it a little something different, but it's the same old girl dressed up in a new dress. But I'm going to tell you, the light doctrine is a damnable doctrine from the pits of hell. We're not going to be judged by what we know. We're going to be judged by what's in this book. You know, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I, 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 kind, of, I, I kind of felt something kick back that would like me not to just stay on that for a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if it's grandma or grandpa or auntie or whoever it was. It doesn't matter what kind of books they've written. It doesn't matter what kind of prayer revivals they have. If they have not repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins and received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, they don't have a chance of being saved. And that's why we need some men of God to step to the pulpit and take Acts 2.38 for a text and say, I'm not here to tickle your ears, but I'm here to give you the only plan of salvation. 
salvation. There's one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. There's only one God. He's above all, through all, in all. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know what? The Holy Ghost is trying to tear down some walls in the Northwest right now. I'm going to tell you, there's some spirits uh, that's been trying to hold it back from revival. Uh, but God wants to send the harvest. Uh, but it's not going to come on the backs of weak need, uh, limp-wristed, scared to speak up men. Uh, but we need somebody uh, to say, thus saith uh, the word of God. You don't need a big choir. You don't need a bunch of musicians. You don't even need an usher standing at the door. But all those things do help. But if you'll just preach the Bible, if you'll just tell people what it takes to be saved. I've got to hurry. You know, you, you know what I'm learning? Again, I, I've got a lot to learn. But I'll tell you what I'm learning. It's not new people that God is delivering right out of Egypt that have a problem with the lines and stands we take. Man, they come in, they get something they had never had. And they say... All I got to do to keep this is quit cutting my hair. See, they're used to somebody holding them up by that hair and beating the fire out of them as he coming out of a drunken stupor. And they're saying if all, all we got to do to keep all that from happening again is dress modestly and godly. It's not the world that has a problem with what we preached. It's Pentecostals that have forgotten where God brought us from and what kind of pit he had to dig us out of. See, see, they've got kids in jail that committed murders because they watched it on television. They don't have a problem getting rid of television. And, 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 and since I've already made a mess out of all this, and you already are well aware it's not a conference message, I'm going to tell you, television's wrong whether you've got an 80-inch big screen or whether you sneak off in your bedroom and watch it on this right here. It's still wrong. And if we really believe Hollywood's wrong, and I believe Hollywood is definitely, most certainly wrong. Everything they're for, I'm against. And everything I'm for, they're against. And if we really believe Hollywood's wrong, well, just to me, there is absolutely no difference in paying whatever it costs to go sit down in their theater and watching two and a half hours worth of it. It's just as wrong to watch three minutes of it 
because it's either all wrong or it needs to be all right. It doesn't take a whole lot of leaven. It just takes a little bit of leaven. It doesn't take a lot of corruption. It just takes a little bit of corruption. It doesn't take being exposed to it over and over. It just takes being exposed to it one time. But thank God we've got some elders that they're stepping up and they're warning us about the danger. And I want them to know they're not standing by themselves. They're not standing on their own. But I've got a generation that I'm a part of that they're saying, give us the old way. Give us the old paths. We want some fresh promises, but we don't want a new word. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I'm going to tell you why I'm preaching like this. Because I've read over and over and over and over and over. I, I, I read it often just to remind myself. But I read about a young man as they come. I read about a young man in the Bible by the name of Asa. The Bible says when Asa first received his anointing, he loved the ways of God. He loved the word of God. He loved the man of God that anointed him. Put him on that throne. And you, you start reading, you start reading the story of Asa. You can read it in 2 Chronicles. And you can also read it in 1 Kings. But you read how that when Asa comes on the scene, the Bible says he's doing that which is right in the sight of God. Matter of fact, he gets such a backbone. That he starts going into the groves and he starts destroying the idols and he starts preaching against idol worship. And now that's something we don't hear a lot of preaching about today. But I'm going to tell you if there's anything hindering the conservative apostolic movement from revival, it's we want to preach against everything but idol worship. And you know what? Balaam is still as smart as he ever was. He said, you're not going to get them. You're not going to. See, Balak, he come to Balaam. He said, please curse the people of God. And every time he'd try to curse them, you know what would happen? Blessings. You, you can't curse what God's blessed. But the flip side of that is you can't bless what God's cursed. And Balaam comes back to Balak and he says, listen to me. He says, I'm going to tell you. Can't nobody curse them, but there is a way you can get them to curse themselves. And then he starts giving him some directions. He said, look, they've, they've been taught better than to go into their arenas. They're going to be at church on Sunday morning, even if they're getting updates, texts to them while the preacher's trying to preach. You're not going to get them. You're not going to get them in the in, in in the arena. He said, "But let me tell you about how jealous their God is." He said, "All you got to do is just get them touching what they're offering." Now I'm still in the Bible. I promise. 
And I'm going to tell you, we, we preach against Hollywood, and I thank God for it. And I've heard preaching against women cutting their hair even at this conference, and I thank God for it. I've heard preaching in this conference against jewelry and dressing like the world and acting like the world, and I thank God for it. But I'm going to tell you, what this isn't just something that, this isn't a Holmes doctrine. This isn't something that was put into me in North Little Rock. Because I'm going to tell you, when I, I have to be honest, when I first heard my pastor preach it, it made me mad. And I thought, that's about the craziest thing I ever heard. But it made me so mad, I started praying about it. I still don't think there's anything wrong with a preacher preaching truth and it upsetting us. But I'm going to tell you, I got to, I got to praying about it. And I got to feeling so convicted. And, it didn't, and I, I thank God that he initiated it by preaching it to me. But I'm going to tell you, Brother Holmes didn't put that in me. The Holy Ghost put that in me. Because I got to thinking, well, either, either clapping our hands is a form of worship or it's not. Or it's not. And I got to thinking about the times when I was cold and not nearly where I'm at today. And they had scanned the crowds of them football games and them basketball games. And you know what I'd see them people doing, Brother Booker? And yet we're still preaching, you can't go to them games. But yet the first thing so many of us do on Monday mornings is we pick up that sports page. And we touch that that's already been offered. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I don't think we can, I just, I personally believe it's a double standard to preach against Hollywood and then buy people's magazines. Because if we're not wanting to dress like them, why do we want to see how they're dressed? I, 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 I can't speak for anywhere else because I don't know many of you. But I can tell you, if I was part of Cornerstone, I wouldn't look at GQ to figure out how to dress. I'd look at my bishop and his wife because you won't find two godlier Christian people. Man, Asa, he's... he's Asa starts off preaching to Israel just like I'm preaching to you good people. And you know what happens? The Bible says that people start coming out against him. Matter of fact, the Ethiopians come. And they've got so many more people than what he has. And the Bible says that Asa, he hits his knees. And he says, God, now this ain't about me. This is about you. And he shows God how he's been trying to walk in the old paths. And you know what God does? He gives him a fresh promise. He says, you just don't worry about it, Asa. You just keep doing what you're doing. And this battle ain't yours. But this battle's mine. I'm going to fight this battle for you. And the Bible says them Ethiopians come against Asa. 
and against Judah and against Benjamin. And they start running scared for their lives. They thought they was going to come in and whoop up on Israel and have an easy victory. But what they didn't realize is they had a man that was asking and seeking and walking. And so it caused God to give fresh promises. And on the heels of that great victory, and I guess that's why I feel so compelled to preach this today. At, on the heels of what all we've experienced this week. Hananiah, he comes to Asa. And he says, Asa, I've got a word from God for you. He said, you see all this that happened today? He said, let me tell you why it happened. Because as long as you stay with God, God's going to stay with you. He said, but Asa, I've got to tell you. When you leave what got you here, you're going to lose what got you here. <laughs> and Asa says, I don't have no problem with that. But he gets so blessed, and he gets so many people gathering. Gets his hands tied. <laughs> and he, he, he gets to thinking, well, we'll just cut it here a little bit. We'll just cut it there a little bit. And then you know what happens? Some Syrians, different ones rise up against him. And they're not nearly about as strong or powerful as the Ethiopians were. But see, there's a difference now Asa's eat up with condemnation. Now Asa can't come into the temple and hit his knees and lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. All of a sudden, stuff's starting to come in that's starting to wreak havoc on his church. But now he can't say anything about it because he stayed silent for too long. And so you know what he does? He goes into the temple. And he starts touching the holy things. And you know what? God sends that same preacher back to him. He says, Asa, he said, you're making a mistake. He said, you're messing up. And th this is what will happen when we start compromising. Instead of it convicting Asa like it did at one time in his life, it so offends him that he locks up Hananiah the seer and he puts him in the prison. I'm going to tell you what troubles me. I'm a young man, got a lot to learn. But it troubles me. It troubles me to see some of the men of my generation locking up these good elders. And being scared to let them preach. You know, it's easy to forget that I'm drinking out of wells I didn't dig. And I'm reaping out of vineyards I didn't plant. And I pray that I'd never get so far removed 
that my bishop and the elders in my life, Brother Mayo, can't put their finger on my nose. And because I don't like what they say, I just lock them out of my life. Because you know what? You can always find somebody to tell you what you want to hear. Hirelings are a dime a dozen. You know, I, I don't guess I've ever told this. Maybe I shouldn't tell it now. But I, I just feel like it helped somebody. I'm going to tell you what, what changed, radically changed me the most. <laughs> we had a situation arise. I don't know if my pastor even remembers this. But we had a situation arise in North Little Rock. And I was kind of smart aleck. Made a couple statements. And the reason I made them is because I was in the right. And I knew I was in the right. And it's on a Sunday night. Of all times. And I, I was talking to a young man. He said, we'll just go get Brother Holmes. And I said, you know what? And I was saying it respectfully. Or I guess as respectful as this can sound. I said, well, I'm not scared of Brother Holmes. Because I'm in the right. I'd like to plead my cause to him. And so, of course, that young man didn't go to Brother Holmes at the time. But I come down to the church that next morning. <laughs> and I walked in there and like only Bishop could do, he put his arm around me and he was crying. He said, you go over and pray for a little while. When you get through, I need to talk to you. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I am scared now. <laughs> I don't feel nearly the anointing I felt last night. Needless to say, I didn't have much of a prayer meeting. And I stayed over under that pew as long as I could. And finally, I went to him. I said, if we need to talk, let's just go ahead and let's get this over with. And he made me feel, I can't explain to you how I felt that day. He took me in this office. He has this, and he's larger in life than my eyes, a giant among men. And he sits me down in this big old chair. And then he sits on this little bitty old stool deal in front of me. And I'm thinking... Wesley, you're such an idiot. And he talks to me for a few minutes. And then I seen a part of him I had never seen. And I pray to God I never had to see it again. But he pointed his finger at me and said, You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. He said, You've turned into nothing but extra luggage. He said, I've got people thinking I don't have no sense. Because I'm using you and you don't have no sense. Now, he may not remember saying all this, but I promise you he said every word of it. <laughs> but you know what it did to me? First of all, it gave me a respect for him like I've never had for another man. Because I thought he cares enough about me. He didn't do it. He wasn't ignorant about it. He didn't do it from the pulpit in front of everybody. And I think there's a good lesson to be learned in that. But he took me in. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I got the weeping and I got the crying. But I've thought back to that day many times when I've had to deal with things that come along with being in the ministry. And I've thought, I wonder what kind of shipwreck I'd be if I'd have locked Han and I in jail. And put him in a prison. And said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go find somebody that's happy that I'm wanting to be used. 
But see, this is what happens. The Bible says from then on, Asa was crippled in both his feet. He couldn't, he didn't want to walk in the old paths. And so God put him in a position he couldn't walk in any paths. He didn't want to preach the message. And God put him in a position he couldn't preach any message. I don't know about you, but I like this old time way. I'm telling you, the second coming of Jesus Christ is too soon. And eternity's too long for men of God in my life to start watering it down. You know what I want to tell them today? Preach it to me, preacher. Preach it to me. Don't worry about my personality. Don't worry about my attitude. Don't worry about anything else. Just get me to heaven. Just get my wife and my children to heaven. Just put something in me that when the storms rage and when the wind blows, then I've got a foundation. You know what? I think somebody ought to lift their hands right now and say, God, touch my preacher today. God, give him the strength. Give him the faith to preach to me. Come on, I feel an anointing in this house. I'm telling you, I feel revival in the Northwest. I feel a great awakening. There's a fire that's getting ready to burn out of control. But we need some young men. We need some young ladies. We need some mom and dads. We need some grandmas and grandpas to stand side by side with the man of God and say, I love it. I love it. I love it. Preach it to me. Preach it to me. Tell me what I got to do to be saved. You know what? I, I, didn't, I wasn't going to do anything in this nature and I need to get out of the way. But you know what? I think it would be good for all of our ministers 40 years and younger. If your wife's with you and your family, I want you to get your family and I want you to come right down here to this front. Come on quickly. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, come on, come quick. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Come on, quickly. 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 Come on, Brother Marks. Come on, quickly. If you've, if you're in the Northwest and you've started a church, and, and and it's still in the beginning stages, I want you to come quickly. Come on, come quickly, quickly. Come on. If you've taken a work and it it's it's not nearly about where you want it to go. Come on, I want you to come quickly if you're here. You <laughs> telling you, I'm not just grandstanding today. I feel an anointing in this house. Now, I'm going to ask you good elders. I'm going to ask you good elders. I want you to join in around these home missionaries and these visionaries. And I want you to join in around these young men and these young ladies.
And I want you to just pray for us. Because I'm going to tell you what has always built the church is truth. And if there's ever been a generation that is fighting and opposing truth, uh, it's this generation. Uh, but we do have some young men. Uh, we do have some young ladies. Uh, we do have some visionaries uh, that we're crying out. Uh, we don't want change. Uh, we don't want change. Uh, we don't want change. Come on, Brother Satterwhite. Come on, some of you elders. Uh, would you just gather in and lay hands on us? Uh, would you just pray that God would give us the backbone uh, and that God would give us the determination uh, that when it looked like we was going backwards rather than forwards, uh, that we would still take the pulpit and preach, this is what thus saith uh, the Word of God. <laughs>